Denying medication is bad for patients overall, their families, communities, and workplaces, and our healthcare system as a whole. That was Carol Barch. Carol is a nurse practitioner at Stanford Healthcare, where she specializes in working with patients who live with debilitating headache and migraine disease. Carol is also a member of the Alliance for Patient Access Headache and Migraine Disease Working Group. I'm Josie Cooper. Carol, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Patient Access Podcast today. It's great to be with you, Josie. So as I mentioned, you work in the headache and migraine space and, and have for a number of years, right? Can you tell me a little bit about you know, how our approach to treating this, these conditions has changed over time? Yes, I've worked in this area for about eight years now. The last three to four years have just exploded with exciting new advances in migraine management. There are now new classes of medications that are specifically targeted for migraine. And in addition to these medications, there's also devices that work by neuromodulation. These new options provide opportunities for improved control with less side effects, which in turn significantly improves the quality of life for people who have migraine. We are also learning that the combination therapy using these new options with older modalities also provide even better outcomes. Well, it sounds like modern medicine really has changed the way that, that someone living with headache and migraine disease can live and, and successfully manage their condition. Yes and no, it has um, in that we have these new innovative options, but it hasn't, as in the insurers all too often deny patients access to these medications and devices. These new options are always carefully considered based on the patient's need, then prescribed. But in order for the patient to receive the medication or device, a process called prior authorization occurs. Each insurance plan has qualifications set by the insurance provider that needs to be met in order for the insurance provider to allow coverage. These qualifiers often do not follow standards of care and definitely do not consider the unique needs of the individual. So the process creates delays and basically forces um, the use of medications that would not be considered by the provider just to satisfy the insurance company. Sometimes the medication or device is flat out denied without any recourse. Either way, the process is an unfair barrier. So to reiterate, you're saying that patients could have their lives significantly improved by these medications, and patients are being prescribed these medications by a healthcare provider, but insurance is preventing patients' ability to get them. Is that right? Correct. The effect of this on patients is huge. Migraine keeps people from work, family obligations, doing all the things they want to do day to day, things we just take for granted. Furthermore, these insurance denials have a huge negative impact on health. Um, people with migraine who have suboptimal or poor control as a result of this can then end up in an emergency room or urgent care settings, which of course is bad for patients. These settings are less than ideal for someone having a migraine. People with migraine risk unnecessary emotional, physical, and financial costs due to these visits. It also places undue burden on hospitals who need these ER beds and the overall healthcare system. 
more than ever, we want to avoid this from happening. Absolutely. Now is um, certainly the time where we need as many of those beds as possible, Bray. Um, so I'd like to move now from talking about the problem to talking about the solution. So what can patients do if their insurance has denied them their headache or migraine medication? Well, there are resources available to help patients. They don't have to deal with this on their own. In fact, every state has an office dedicated to fielding insurance-related complaints and questions. It's called something different in just about every state, but there is an office that can help provide liaison services between insurance companies and patients. Interesting. And where can people get guidance on, you know, how to find their state's office or, or how to file a complaint? Sure. The Headache and Migraine Policy Forum has an excellent two-page consumer guide for this. It walks through the steps patients can follow to try and resolve the issue directly on their own, as well as how to file an official complaint if they need more support from their state's consumer office. The guide is free and available on their website at headachemigraineforum.org. They just need to look under the advocacy tab. There are are also um, direct links to every state's consumer complaint office from this website. It's very easy to use. The guide also mentions how to share a copy of your complaint with the Headache and Migraine Policy Forum. Great, so that's, that's headachemigraineforum.org. So it, it sounds like this is a great resource for providers and for patients. I, I do wanna ask, why do you think that clinician advocacy is so important in this area? Well, clinicians are on the front lines of these issues. We spend hours a day working with the insurance providers, advocating for patients to get their much needed treatments. Filing these complaints, building a record of insurance denials is a great way to raise awareness and help encourage policy change. Policy change benefits both the clinicians and people who have migraine. That makes sense. So, so as I wrap up here, um, I do want to ask a final question about why. So aside from, you know, obviously hoping, hopefully gaining access to their prescribed treatment, why should patients submit complaints and why should they share their complaint with the headache and migraine policy forum? Yeah, that's a great question, Josie. Patients should submit a complaint so state officials and, and then eventually the policymakers can learn about the problem insurance barriers are causing patients. Denying medication is bad for patients overall, their families, communities, and workplaces, and our healthcare system as a whole. As mentioned earlier, when the complaint is filed, there is an option to send a copy to the, the Headache and Migraine Forum they are interested in receiving this copy so they can track the volume of complaints across the country. This information can help inform policy change at the national level. So thank you, Carol, for that explanation. I think this is certainly an, an issue that needs addressing and, and really do appreciate you two, you know, advocating for patient-centered care. If you've listened to our patient access podcast, you know that we always end with a lightning round. So you have 20 seconds to answer each of the following questions. Here we go. So we've all obviously been, been called to stay closer to home in the last few months. So how have you spent your, your extra time around the house? <laughs> well, what extra time? Um, 
not only are we continuing to manage our patient population by rapidly introducing video visits and addressing the current challenges our migraine patients are facing, we're also gearing up to provide additional care in urgent care settings in our hospital due to the high demand. Um, as a nurse, there never is a dull moment, especially at times like these. For sure, and thank you for everything that you're doing now for patients. So uh, another question, did you always want to be a nurse practitioner or did you dream about being something else when you were little? Um, well, I, I probably didn't know as a child what a nurse practitioner was, but I did always want to be a nurse. And um, as, as a working nurse, I realized that the kind of nurse that I really wanted to be was a nurse practitioner. So yes, I guess I always wanted to be a nurse practitioner. I love it. So switching gears, um, if you could only eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ah, flourless chocolate cake, hands down. Ooh, I don't think I've ever had that. Okay, and last one, what is your favorite type of material to read? Well, I love novels that explore human relationships and how they evolve from the struggles they face. I think the human spirit and being connected is so powerful. I love it. Carol, thanks again for being today's guest on AFPA's Patient Access Podcast. It's, it's been a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Thank you.